Hey, what's up, stay tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Now here's the best, Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back again with our weekly meet of sports takes and entertainment. At least I try to entertain you. Um, Weather's starting to get nice out there now, and... You know, baseball still sucks, but we got some a story there we got we got to talk about. I think we talked about last year also about the unwritten rules. Um, something else happened. Uh, I believe yesterday it sounded like, um, but I'm going to touch on that and give my opinion about if it was right, wrong, or does it really matter type thing. Um, also, we will be talking, well, kind of reviewing UFC 262. Um, the card was phenomenal. I, 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 you know, enjoyed it very, uh, you know, very much. Um, right from the get-go, it was a lot of good fights. Plus, we'll give our, um, Combat Corner picks, which is sponsored by Bet Angles, um, for this upcoming week's, uh, weekend's UFC fight card. And... Sounds like Deshaun Watson's saga is finally coming to a close with these uh, massage therapist sexual uh, harassment um, case, however you want to call it. But uh, before we get into it, head over to staytunesports.net. On the right-hand side, there's all of our social media accounts. You want to like and share our Facebook and our Twitter accounts because every Friday is the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series with the NSRA guys. And I always post the link out there for the race on Facebook and on Twitter so you guys can come over and, you know, watch some very competitive races. Um, and, and, you know, we have a good time in the chat there. You know, busting us, uh, making fun of drivers. It's, it's, a, it's a good time. But uh, speaking of the Stay Tuned Sports truck series on uh, this past Friday we were at Bristol Dirt which uh, was the one race I was actually really looking forward to um, to see how these trucks would react to having dirt instead of just plain concrete and uh, basically lived up to my expectations um, they first started off with two heats to make it to the feature uh, there were 40 cars, so they did 20 and 20, and then I, I believe they had a um, like a wild card type race where they allowed five more cars um, to to make a chance to get into the the feature. So 
with the first two heats if you, if you didn't get in the top 10 you got put in this wild card match uh, race and made to the feature that way um, James Lorello was in the first heat uh, just snuck in you know last lap or so gave a little bump there um, I forget what driver it was but he gave a little bump and uh, was able to sneak into the feature unfortunately roughly about halfway into the race uh, he got spun out and I mean just t-boned the wall which blew his truck up you know so he was he was done there um, my son's favorite driver Chris Darling uh, I mean he finished the race I'll give, I'll give him that um, at one point the other trucks were blown by him like he was driving Miss Daisy I was kind of busting on him a little bit about that that he's probably trying to stay out there to make sure my son wins the bet which he did and we decided you know I got cut the grass for him so uh, he won't be on this week but sure I'll have some type of another bet with him for this upcoming race which they're gonna be at Charlotte Roeville um, a road course which I, I've always you know I, I never really got into NASCAR but if there was one style of race whether it's the short track or speedway I've always liked the road courses it made it interesting especially with like this this roval uh style where you, you know there's a little bit of, of the racetrack where you're on the the speedway you know it's not just you know gunner for 500 feet make a right turn gunner for another 500 feet make a left turn you know um but as far as this week you know looking at some of the drivers um my three racers to watch for this week actually before we um before we give that you know, speaking of the, the Charlotte uh, or the Bristol Dirt race, as a fan, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. Um, Andrew Himmelman won the race. The last lap between him and his teammate was just awesome to watch. I mean, Andrew was just nailing the, the corners. Um, right before the last lap, he was actually, I believe, like a, a truck or a truck or two trucks uh, ahead of uh, the second place guy because he was just hitting his marks really well and then he came up on lap traffic which slowed him up and almost gave the win to um, I believe his name was John um, his teammate and beat him by basically the hood of his truck a lot of uh, early on a lot of wrecks but it seemed uh, like seemed like from the halfway point on kind of equaled out a little bit I mean the one wreck actually took out pretty much half the field um, there was about 10 or 10 to 12 cars that just pit it for the day um, but yeah definitely entertaining I know a lot of the drivers did not like it uh, or complaining about it but as a fan I thoroughly enjoyed it and I thought it was really good to watch hopefully they bring it back next season or uh, the season after that but like I said, this Friday, they are going to be at the Charlotte Roeville. Um, you guys could head over to YouTube and watch them on 3Y TV. So make sure you subscribe to 3Y TV as well as Stay Tuned Sports. Um, so my three racers to watch this week. First one, Chris Darling. Um, he's having an awesome year so far. Uh, I believe he's still in first place in points even though he didn't have a good outing at Bristol. But from what I remember last season, 
when I start to watch these guys, because I didn't watch them from the very get-go, it was pretty much half the season in is when I start watching them. Um, if we remember Sam at Watkins Glen when he, I still think he spun out Josh Sobel, but you know, we buried the hatchet, you know, we'll leave, leave it be. But uh, he, he was overall very good at that, that race uh, last year. Um, I think he came in third place or fourth. He was definitely a top five. So I, I expect a little bit of the same outcome for him with this race. And then speaking of, um, I believe it was Watkins Glen, um, Jason Freeman is my another one. Um, he came on late in the season uh, to race with these guys. And one of his three wins came at a road course, which I, I believe it was Watkins Glen. And he just dominated. Like he was multiple seconds in front of the second place truck. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting, you know, same thing again. He's having not the best season, but not the worst. You know, still plenty of time to turn his season around to get up there. And then surprise name, kind of like a, a dark horse here, Matt Cherry. He's fifth in points this season with three top 10 finishes. Um, that's just consistency, you know, like he, he not doing, he's not doing too much and he's not playing it safe, you know, and I, I think another top 10, uh, finish here as well. Now I do have a reliable source that did tell me that JT pool has been practicing all week and has been beating these guys by multiple seconds every lap so maybe JT Poole knows a little bit more about this track than I do and maybe I should have picked him but I'm not picking him as my my racer to watch maybe he's blowing his uh, his chances by using all up his luck in practices and not in the actual race so like I said at the top of the show, Deshaun Watson, his saga sounds like it may be coming to an end soon with these uh, massage therapists, these 22 women that are saying he did inappropriate things to them or towards them. Well, came out uh, this past week that a member from the representatives that are representing the women, um, the accusers, supposedly try to get in contact with Deshaun Watson's lawyers to try to settle this. Now, obviously next day, the, the lawyer of these women came out and said, that's not true, never contact them. I'm the only one that has the right to do that, blah, 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 blah. This is just starting to me, starting to sound like it's swinging towards Deshaun Watson's way. And I see this definitely getting settled out of court but, you know, and again, if if this isn't true and all these allegations aren't true, I kind of wish Deshaun would say, you know, no, I'm not settling. I'm not guilty. I want to, you know, I want my time in court and, and to clear my name. Because if you, in a way, to me, if you 
um, try to settle us out of court, you're somewhat admitting guilt. And we, we've seen this a lot over these past few years. And really, the only one that stood up and, and didn't, you know, settle out of court or whatever, from what I can remember, was Chris Hardwick um, from, you know, Talking Dead and um, the, the one podcast, uh, The Nerdist, that he used to have. His ex-wife, ex-girlfriend came out and said he was abusive, this and that. He's the only one that stood up and it eventually came out that that wasn't the case. This girl was just trying to get extra money because her books weren't selling. Um, so hopefully, you know, it all comes out that Deshaun isn't guilty. Um, that these were all just kind of lies made up. If that's the case, you know, if, if it really is that he's not guilty. But before all this, these allegations came out, he was real close to being traded by the Texans. And this is what I want to talk about, not necessarily the, um, the drama that's going on off the field. He was close to being traded to a few teams. And the past week or two, the Eagles have been rumored to be one of two teams likely to get him. Now, I, I've said plenty of times, I hope Philly does not trade three first-rounders for him. Now, it came out that the Texans said that, well, they didn't say it, but the rumor is the Texans want a quarterback in any type of trade package for Deshaun. So, obviously, if you're going to trade for Deshaun, if you're the Eagles, and you're trading for Deshaun, you're going to give up Jalen Hurts. Because, I mean, who else, what other quarterback would the Texans take from the team? There's no one. There's Jalen Hurts and then pretty much the water boy. Plus, you're still going to have to give up a lot of picks. At least two first-rounders. You may get away with not giving up that third first-rounder, but you're going to give up like a second or, or a, a third-rounder. So I start thinking about it. I'm like, what? what's some other teams that you haven't really heard being rumored as possible destinations? Well, I thought about it. I'm like, what about Green Bay? You know, Aaron Rodgers wants out. Um, Green Bay doesn't want to get rid of him, but if you think about it, Aaron Rodgers is getting older. Probably has three, four years left. Deshaun Watson probably has a good six, seven years left if he stays healthy. So why not try a package? Aaron Rodgers for Deshaun Watson a first rounder and maybe a third rounder because Deshaun Watson he is good but he hasn't won anything yet he hasn't won a playoff game or, or, or championship uh, game or Super Bowl Aaron Rodgers has he's he's done it all so you still gotta give you can't trade straight up Watson for Rodgers and if I'm Green Bay I'm doing it you know you got a young receiving core you have young running backs why not try to get younger at the quarterback position I mean I'd roll the dice because what's your other, other option Rogers sitting out retired quote paying back all that, that guaranteed money to Green Bay because I, I think if Rogers doesn't get moved I really do think that's what's going to happen I think he's going to retire 
I don't think he wants to be or play for Green Bay anymore. And then how do you go into that GM's office after you made fun of him that he's the Jerry Krause of football, of the Green Bay Packers? So if I was Green Bay, I would try to contact the Texans and say, hey, let's do something here. Because it sounds like the whole saga with the massage therapist is coming to an end. So you're probably not going to have to worry about any type of suspension or ramifications of if I trade Rodgers, do we get fined because we, you know, Watson stepped out of line type deal. And like I said, I think it's going to be a good trade for Green Bay to pull off. So this past week had a little bit more drama with um, the quote unwritten rule in baseball. Well, unwritten rules. Um, And it happened with the Chicago White Sox Minnesota Twins game the other night involving Yerman Mercedes Tony La Russa who is the White Sox manager. So what it was was the White Sox were up 15 to 4 on the Twins. Twins either went through all their pitchers or or what something but they had to put out one of their catchers out on the mound. His pitches were averaging about 45 miles an hour uh, miles per hour. And like I said, it was 15 to 4. White Sox were winning. Mercedes was given the take sign, meaning just take the walk. And um, he decided, no, I'm launching a 429 foot homer over center field. Well, Tony LaRusso did not like that. Again, that's his manager. He said, there's some things, in, basically, there's some things in baseball that you just don't do. And when you're embarrassing your team like that and you decide not to take the sign it's not the right thing it you know there's like he said there's just things you you just don't do and you know what baseball sucks okay it's boring i really haven't watched it in probably about two three years and if you're trying to get younger fans younger a younger crowd in there you got to do things like this. And, you know, kudos to Mercedes. You know, he came out and said, this is how I play. I'm going to keep playing how I play. I mean, okay, yeah, it looked like a home run derby pitch, okay? But you're paying hundreds of dollars for a trip. I'm not even going to break it down with the tickets and the, and the food price and all that. But you're paying hundreds of dollars. I want to see a 450-foot home run. Whether it's a 95-mile-an-hour fastball or a knuckleball or whatever. Make the game interesting. The All-Star game sucks. But I only turn it turn the home run derby on because that's pretty cool. It's interesting to watch. So you're going to punish a guy because he wants to entertain the fans that are at the game? And on top of that, that could be... A financial implications there. I always say, you know, whether it's with football, tackle, or interception, you know, maybe you gotta get 
25 home runs this year to get 750 grand. So if, if he takes the pitch there, and at the end of the year, he has 24 home runs, he's out that money. Sorry, Tony, you're not paying his bills. And, you know, Tony La Russa kind of came across that he's worried more about um, the other team's feelings than what his team's doing. How about you just worry about, one, not getting a DUI, and worry about your own team. I understand, you know, there's some unwritten rules that I still do agree with. But this one's just stupid. You're trying to get fans in, in the stands. What better way than to have an entertaining um, game with big home runs like that? Don't know what's going on out there with the slamming of the doors. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, God. You know, and he's 78 years old, so he's, he's definitely stuck in his ways. Definitely stuck in his DUI ways. So last weekend we had UFC 262 and like I said definitely an awesome card um, definitely came through the three things that I took away out of, out of the, the card um, Tony Ferguson losing to Durish, Charles Oliveira knocking out Michael Chandler and then a interesting knockout between uh, Edson Barboza and Burgess. Um, starting with that one, you know, I don't know if you guys got to see it yet, but definitely try to find it, Google it. It might even be on ESPN, some of the highlights. But it was, uh, you know, the whole match, well, the first round, uh, Barboza w was doing good just with the leg kicks, setting up the, the leg kicks for his punches. Second round seemed a little closer. Um, it seemed like Burgess was catching on to you know when he was going to throw the leg kicks and it was be able, was able to to counter them. But in the third round, Barboza connected with one of his his uh, I think it was a punch, and Burgess didn't like really squat down to the ground, but you could see it, it definitely connected. He bounced back up and he bounced and bounced. And it was good four or five seconds. Like he was backpedaling a little bit. About four or five seconds later, all of a sudden, foof, he just dropped and he was out. Knocked out. It was the weirdest looking knockout I ever saw in my life. Um, even the, the commentaries were amazed by it and didn't know what was going on. But that's three straight wins for Barboza. I think it's time to get him definitely a uh, a step up in competition. Maybe a top top seven guy or top five guy. See what he could do in that division. Um, then Tony Ferguson versus Benel Durish. You know, I, I called it. Uh, but the one thing I forgot is Tony Ferguson's um, toughness. At one point during the fight, Tony was stuck in a submission. Uh, basically, it was like a leg lock or a heel hook. And even Durish said he heard a pop and it was loud. 
Not once did Ferguson go to put his hand on, on the mat to tap. And he ended up getting out of it, but unfortunately, he lost by decision to Durish. And now the question comes, you know, he's he's 0-3 his last three fights. Where does he go? You know, what, what does he do here? I know a lot of people were saying that they think he should move back up to his natural weight class. You know, he's not a young pup anymore that could take these beatings and these weight cuts. But, uh... Now, I, I don't know... I don't know if they're in the same weight class. But him and Cowboy, I think, would be a fun fight. You know, Dana White did come out and say he's going to give Cowboy one last chance to go out on his his shield, you know, as you would say. But both guys are, are at the end of their, their road, I believe. You know, and both guys will keep fighting until someone tells them you can't do it no more. And then even then, they might do backyard fights. But if they're in the same weight class, I would like to see that fight. Both have like a retirement fight for both of them. Then the main event, we had Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. And I said um, last week, you know, well, first I, I thought Oliveira was going to win on the ground. I didn't think he was going to knock him out. And when he knocked him out, the memes that are coming out. And it's a, a feel-good story in a way, too, because when Oliveira was first coming into UFC, I saw something. He was like... Um, Two and ten, or something like that. And in the past three, four years, he's been um, like eight and two, or, or ten and two, something like he just something clicked, and he finally turned it around. So he's the champ now, which begs the question: Who fights Oliveira next? You know, everybody thought Chandler was going to win this fight, and maybe bring Habib back out of retirement. Or set up the Conor McGregor fight, you know, good trash talking fight. But unfortunately, now you got Oliveira as champ. You gotta think it's gotta be, um, it's gotta be Dustin Poirier or Conor McGregor. And quite honestly, I think if it, if Poirier beats McGregor, without a doubt, should be him. If McGregor beats Poirier, I still don't think it should be McGregor. What has he done in the past few years? He beat Cowboy, who is on like a 75-fight losing streak. Um, he lost to Poirier in the, in the rematch a couple months ago. When was his last significant win? It's been like years. He's got to prove, at least in my eyes, that he deserves... A title shot and I just don't think he deserves it if he beats Poirier here then maybe set up the Jason uh, Justin uh, Gaethje match that everybody's been wanting for how many years now but if Poirier were to fight Oliveira I think Poirier would um, would beat him he's got definitely a good chin I mean, that's proven past few fights. And he's smart. He, he knows to be careful on the ground with Oliveira. If it's McGregor, I don't know. I think, I think that would actually be a 
closer fight than a lot of people think. A lot of people are, are putting money on McGregor just because of the name, not because of the talent. Talent used to be there. I don't know if it still is. Now, this weekend we have UFC um, Fight Night with Rob Font and Cody G- uh, Gambrant as the main event here. And so this is our combat corner, which is sponsored by Bet Angles. Live scores, odds, and the best expert picks every day. Start winning today at betangles.com. So I just want to give a, a thanks to them for sponsoring this these picks here. Now these are my picks that I think are going to happen. Um, I think it did decent last week. I think it went like 3-5. and five. But um, the main card here, like I said, we got Rob Font versus Cody Gombert with the for the main event. Uh, women's Strawweight. The co-main event is a Women's Strawweight. Jan Zianan versus Carla Esperaza. Uh, then we have a heavyweight fight, Justin Taffa versus Jared Vanderia. Then uh, women's featherweight, we have Felicia Spencer versus Norma Dumont Vienna. Flyweight fight between David Vorak versus Raleen Pavia. And then kicking off the card, which I'm surprised this fight here is the one that's kicking the card off, Jack Hermanson versus Edmund Shabazan. So starting with that one, um, go with Jack Hermanson here. Very, very good striker. Um, I I think he won his last one, but lost the one before that. And he was real close to getting a title shot just a year or two ago. So I think he's going to start stringing some wins back together to to get back into that title contention. Flyweight fight between David Vorak versus Raleen Pava. I'm going to go with David here. Um, just because his last name sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Vorak. Sounds like you just don't mess with this guy, especially if he's in a, a dark alleyway. Um, this fight here is an interesting fight. Women's featherweight fight between Felicia Spencer versus Norma Dumont Viana. Rumors are this might be Felicia Spencer's last fight on her UFC contract. So she has a lot to lose here. And she's an okay fighter in the UFC. When she fought for the titles, she lost. So when she fights top competition, she loses. When she fights mid to like top five contenders, she sometimes wins. But I think there's going to be so much pressure on her to show that she still deserves to be in UFC. I think she's going to slip up and lose this one. And I think Norma Dumont is going to pull off the win. Um, after that one, like I said, heavyweight division, Justin Taffa versus Jared Vanderia. Uh, four of his last five fights have all been finished within two rounds for Taffa. So I'm going with Taffa with this one. Um, with Jared, his last five fights all, all except one went to decision, and the one that ended in a knockout, he lost. So sounds like if this stays standing, this can be a quick work for Tafa. For the co- uh, co-main event, like I said, Carla Esperanza versus Ian 
Zeonon. I'm going with Carla Esperanza here. Um, Jan's 5-0 in the last five fights. So I understand that's big. And they're all in UFC. They're all decent competitors that she beat. But I don't think she can keep it going. And the only way I think Carla wins this one is using her wrestling. She has to go down to the ground and just grind her out. I'm not expecting a knockout here or submission. This one, I think, will be a decision. So then the main event, Rob Font versus Cody Gombrandt. And going with Rob Font here. Um, Cody, I just think, got lucky his last fight with that last second knockout. Um, Rob Font is 4-1 in his last five fights. Cody is 2-3. and three. Plus, he's old. He has no more chin. It would have been nice to see him versus uh, Dillashaw. But, and, and, you know, you never know. If, if he pulls out a win here, maybe they set that up after uh, Dillashaw's fight with Sanhagen. So, so that's my picks for Combat Corner, which is sponsored by Bet Angles, live scores, odds, and the best expert picks every day. Start winning today at bestangles.com. So I think that's going to be it for us this week, guys. Um, hopefully you guys have a good weekend. Make sure you you head over to staytunesports.net. Follow all our social medias on the right-hand side there. That way you won't miss the link to our Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series races on Fridays over on YouTube at 3YTV, 9 p.m. Eastern every Friday. Um, I think that's it. So till next week, it's your good friend Jimbo. Signing out.